This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Nimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Dr. Christelle Guédillon speaks about changing perceptions of cannabis. Now let's join Moses as he introduces Christelle to the stage. The lesson this morning is all about cannabis. It's um, about 18 months since the legislation was tabled to legalize marijuana for recreational purposes in Canada, and we're about eight months into that regime. So what has happened, uh, what has not happened, what needs to happen, what are the number one asks, what are the barriers, and uh, we of course do business with uh, hundreds of companies, maybe thousands, I've never counted how many accounts we might have. And, Generally speaking, you know that happens in a professional way within a system, uh, what our chief revenue officer calls transactional normal kind of business. But from time to time, we enter into much more close-up relationships with people. Uh, And that's because we're trying to do innovative things and because we're working on development Uh, and because we think these are smart companies and smart operators and we want to be associated with them, so we do think that you would benefit from hearing a little bit about their ideas and about their projects. Dr. Gédéon, so why don't we start with you, the representative (laughs) for Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um... So I'm actually really impressed by the lineup that, uh, that is here today. You have CEO, founder, chairman of Canopy. You have chief commercial officer, Aurora. You have CEO, John Fowler of Supreme. And of course, Afria as the outlier sends the lawyer to give this talk. Um, so I didn't quite know what I would tell you that you're not going to hear from uh, my competitors. And so um, I, as much as I'm an expert in cannabis, I really wanted to talk about something I find more interesting, and that would be myself. And so um, I promise there's a point, and this will not be a therapy session, but I was relatively certain it was not going to be the subject of any of their presentations. Um, So, as I said, I'm a lawyer, 
It's the cutest kid you've ever seen, I'm sure. And um, my, you know, first generation Canadian, my parents came from Lebanon. I, you know, I did my doctorate in clinical pharmacology and toxicology. I went to law school. I articled in a Bay Street firm. I was a partner in a Bay Street firm. I got married. I did everything right. And by and large, um, I would say my parents were relatively proud of me. Um, and so one day I go to talk to my mother and I say, Mom, I'm going to leave my respectable, established, beautiful Bay Street office and I'm going to go into cannabis. And my mother immediately looks at me and says, hmm, you're going to be the next El Chapo? <laughs> And so, you know, the reality was, I had to explain to her, I wasn't that different. I was the same boring, anal retentive lawyer I always was, but just in a different context. And so, it was really my first lesson in cannabis. And really what it means is to say that reinvention is necessary, particularly in cannabis. And reinvention doesn't have to mean you're any less of the person or the individual that you truly are. And um, if I could show you an example, think of Madonna. Madonna's always Madonna. Or Chris Pratt. <laughs> or, you know, the many faces of Lady Gaga. And reinvention can be something as simple as applying established and known ways of thinking to new and emerging industries. And in cannabis in particular, um, that's what we're experiencing now. By and large, since last October, the primary focus of our industry, at least the larger players, has been on meeting the demand of production and supply. And as we are maturing, we've kind of figured out how to grow the plant now, um, we're starting to borrow from pharma. We're starting to borrow from alcohol. We're starting to borrow from blockchain. We're starting to borrow from general consumer products. And actually, some of the most innovative ideas are coming from individuals, I'd like to say like me, who come from established businesses that are moving and migrating into cannabis. So our identity is growing. We started off as toddlers under the predecessor legislation. And I like to say we kind of are like teenagers. We're a little bit like awkward teenagers because we're growing in front of the eyes of the world. And I think everyone can acknowledge there is some costs to growing up as a teenager in front of the world. <laughs> so most of us, um, most of the cannabis players, we all look alike. We have similar products, um, similar quality, similar um, interactions with the consumer, similar interactions with the regulator. And, you know, Canada is effectively being criticized for losing its stronghold on uh, our leadership position. So, how do we fix that? And my solution is really, we need to start creating, reinventing, our new identities, and we need to use that as our competitive advantage. So what do I mean? Think of McDonald's versus Burger King, Pepsi versus Coke, or even Uber versus Lyft. We need to find our own distinct identities, and we need to reinvent ourselves. And why do we need to reinvent ourselves? Well, the marketplace has changed, and the user has changed. So that's the know-how. 
and that's the user. And, that, and it's particularly marked because I think the consumer is pretty much all of us in this room. And so, most importantly, I want to say that the regulator is starting to change. We've gone from a regulator that is quite resistant. They really didn't like us, and most importantly, they didn't trust us as an industry. And we all know that perception is reality in some instances, and their perception of us as an industry created bias and created challenges for us in order to become what we're seeing in the United States as consumer good products. I'll give you an example in real life. Um, my husband is a stay-at-home dad, and that has its own perception bias in real life. But I want to talk about what happens in mommy and me class, um, or rather what doesn't happen in mommy and me class. There's not a single woman in the classroom that will actually engage him in conversation um, unless they've met me first. And they're actually so afraid of the perception of being seen as hitting on him um, that they basically isolate him. Like, they're literally putting my baby in the corner. Literally. And it's the same in cannabis. The regulator really had to spend time with us, had to interact with us and actually address the elephant in the room, that we're not actually drug dealers, but we're really established professionals trying to affect change in the world. It's kind of like if, you know, the ladies and mommy and me basically went and said hi, they'd realize my husband just needed adult conversation and not really make an adult film. Coming up after the break. Embracing who you truly are not only gives you the competitive advantage, but gives you a sense of comfort to navigate in the market. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Dr. Christelle Guerillon speak about changing perceptions of cannabis. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, we spend a lot of time with regulators. My primary role is I spend time educating foreign governments on the Canadian experience. Um, I help them draft their legislation. And as they spend time with us, the negative stereotypes start to fall away. And so the reinvention of our identity is really um, the way we're starting to overcome these barriers. If we look at the world now, look at Europe, the, the legalization of medicinal cannabis is seen throughout Europe, Germany, Poland, Italy, Malta, UK, soon to be France. Um, we see it in Oceania, you know, Australia, New Zealand, South America, which is a country that was largely heavily damaged by these kinds of products, are now all allowing medicinal cannabis. And some of that is through continuous exposure to us as an industry, but also having the benefit of seeing the Canadian experience and realizing that actually crime really hasn't gone up and the sky hasn't fallen. So I call that progress. Or someone, sorry. <laughs> So someone stopped me and one said to me, rather, thanks for making cocaine the gateway drug for my kid. And, and I, I didn't quite know what to say, but then I thought, actually, no, he's kind of right, because we're, you know, by the time we get this through, cannabis is going to be part of the mainstream. Um, and so I grew up really obsessed with Britney Spears. Um, you know, I dyed my hair blonde, I wore green contacts, I dyed my eyebrows. I was super excited when they gave me this microphone because it's exactly like Britney Spears. <laughs> and, um, 
and to be honest with you, I'm Mediterranean, I'm Lebanese, so it was a lot of damage to my hair. Like if the wind blew, my hair would just shatter. And I clearly was trying to be something that I wasn't. And, you know, we have the same sort of existential crisis at Afria. Our competitors, and you see them sitting there, they were cooler and they were faster. And they were constantly in the eye of the regulator. To be honest, they took significant risks and they were good at it. If you've been following the news about Afria, you'll know that our CEO and founders currently recently stepped down and our president resigned. Um, you know, we were having growing issues in, in our facility and we have the single largest growing footprint on a single campus in the world. And let me tell you, growing issues are a problem when your slogan is, we have a good thing growing. <laughs> so we needed to really examine who we wanted to be. We need to embrace what our true identity was. And so a lot of people meet me and they're like, you know, you're not really what I expected for cannabis. And first I say, thank you. And then I'm like, how dare you? Um, and I think embracing who you truly are not only gives you the competitive advantage, but gives you a sense of comfort to navigate in the market. And I think it's the same for Afria. Um, and so that reception to your identity is what really makes you the differentiator. And so what we, we went on a journey. We wanted to figure out who we were, what we wanted to be, and what we wanted to represent. And we decided that, you know what? We want to be a solid company, and we want to be built on corporate social responsibility. And effectively, we reinvented ourselves, or I should say we are trying to reinvent ourselves. And so I want to share with you um, what we've done in Colombia. I'm exceptionally proud of this initiative. So prior to establishing our cultivation facility in Colombia, um, we engaged in a social impact analysis of our presence in that village. We went and we asked the people of the town, what is it that you expect of this company? What is it that you want from us as a company? What we learned is that the people that live in the neighboring village are of an extremely young age, largely female-led households with young children who are looking for better infrastructure and who are looking for uh, job opportunities. And so these were the four big priorities that they expressed to us. They expected job opportunities and employment for women, they had a fear regarding the possible uptake or increase in use of cannabis. They were expecting infrastructure, that we would help build the infrastructure going in and out of the village. And surprisingly, they were expecting us to provide cultural education, entertainment for the area. And so what we've done is we've taken these findings and we've actually used them in the construction of our facility. We have childcare in the facilities. We have actually built an entire agenda and curriculum around this entertainment and cultural initiative that they expect of us. We are building and improving the roads. And the idea there is really to build a symbiotic relationship where particularly people in Colombia can see that cannabis is actually a force for good and not one that destroyed them a while ago. In Canada, 
we've also launched our corporate values. And why are corporate values important? They don't just speak to your identity, but they create this common language. Common language internally, and common language in making business decisions. And they express for us what we want to represent to governments around the world. And so we have four fundamental tenets. The first one is we put people first. And really, in a nutshell, it means you do you, and we're happy to support you, whatever that choice may be. We respect the earth. I'm significantly proud of the fact that our large campus in Leamington, Ontario, is largely carbon neutral. And, and so we try to replicate that footprint no matter where we go in the world. We lead by example, and that speaks to innovation. If you go on our website, you can actually see some of the innovative automation that we've, um, we've basically created for the cultivation of this industry, of, of, of this plant, on such an industrial scale. We are mining and creating partnerships around the world with research and development teams that will feed into our operations in order to keep us as a market leader. And finally, we take responsibility to heart. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Afria when, when we get out of here and you'll understand. So this one has a particular number of layers for us as a company. Um, and the simplest one is really what we're doing going forward. We've partnered with partners like Drug Free Kids in order to educate and equip parents with kits on discussing the responsible use of cannabis. And we're doing the same initiatives around the world with the medical federations in countries like Latin America, the United Kingdom, and Australia. Um, but I wanted to indicate that it is the evolution of a business that's becoming legitimate, and we are significant drivers of jobs, of economics, and of governments. And as we move towards adulthood, and if we want to foster the resilience of these businesses, worldwide, we need to actually work towards reducing the bias around cannabis, around the cannabis industry. And whether we do that by reinvention or through education, it's the only way we're truly going to unlock the potential of this plant. And so I want to leave you with the great words of the corporate strategist, Dr. Zeus, which I think sums up really the moral of what I'm trying to say. The places I hiked to and the roads that I rambled to find the best eggs that have never been scrambled. If you want to get eggs you can't buy at the store, you have to do things you never thought of before. Thanks. This way. This way. That was really well done. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.